Welcome to a special edition of The BOMA, a podcast by the International Livestock Research Institute. This episode is dedicated to Jimmy Smith, who has been the Director General of ILRI since 2011. Now, as he retires from this role at the end of 2022, he looks back at a legacy of fond memories, some regrets, and proud achievements. I didn't realize how difficult it would be to say goodbye to Ilri and the staff, not only here in Nairobi, but Addis and around the world. Every director general, as they are appointed, would know when they're supposed to leave because your appointment letter says so. But each passing year, of course, the intensity of the feelings grew. And so it's been quite difficult saying goodbye. Um, as I've said to staff, I feel a bit of a pit in my stomach as the time approached and it hasn't gone away. Born in Guyana to parents who raised cattle and grew citrus fruit, Jimmy graduated from what is now Tuskegee University and received his master's and PhD in animal science at the University of Illinois in 1986. So will he find it strange that in a few days he will wake up and not need to go to work? It would be an extremely strange feeling because um, <clears throat> I am a bit of a workaholic. If I commit to something, then I sort of give it my all. I wasn't uh, born into a very wealthy family. So as a kid, I didn't know about going away on family vacations and so on. There might be family outings, but not going away for three weeks to the Maldives or something. So I, I didn't grow up with a holiday culture. And um, as I leave, I have over 400 days unused leave. So um, it is going to be strange waking up, not having to go to work. Jimmy's 11-year tenure at the Institute has been marked by steady growth, scientific breakthroughs, and beneficial partnerships with a wide array of government and non-governmental organizations. In commemorations for his departure, many people praised Jimmy for his leadership capacity and warmth. So in his opinion, if he had to sum up his outlook, what would he say? I, I don't know. Perhaps it's that a question better answered by the people who described it. Um, all I can say is that my, my disposition or my interaction with people is not contrived. That's just me. For this reason, I um, there are no handles to people's name here. Everybody is on first name basis. So that handles tend to separate, differentiate people. So I, I think of myself as a modest person. I don't know how I come over to people. I have always been taught by my parents that strangers are just friends you do not know. So this is just my disposition, and I'm glad to hear that it's been useful in leading Ilri. I also believe that, and I know it to be true, 
I believe that um, the person you see begging outside seems so different from us, but indeed perhaps the most important differentiate is that we have had an opportunity which they did not have. And that perception, I think, is fact because one of the things that Charmaine and I have done wherever we've gone is that we have tried to educate kids, educate kids that are in our path, our help, house help, our gardener, and, and, and so on. And many of these kids, in many cases, didn't finish school when we met them but were able to go back to remedial education, and all of them have blossomed. So from our own experience, I know the differentiate is opportunity. Jimmy has held a long and distinguished career in international development, with increasingly senior positions at the Caribbean Agriculture Research and Development Institute, the World Bank, the Canadian International Development Agency, and, of course, the CGIAR. What have been the landmark achievements in his career at Tilray? Well, when I interviewed, I made some commitments, one of which was to raise animal agriculture, livestock, higher up the global development agenda. I think all those who have spoken have said that that has been realized. Not only Ilry, but livestock, as a means of livelihood, food security, has been raised as a result of ILRI and our partnership higher up the development agenda. I promised that and people said we would. I said I wanted to make ILRI a hundred million. It was 44 when I joined. And that I could tell we have done because it's objectively seen. We had a budget of 105 million in 2022. So those are two things that I promised the board, but I also worked hard on uh, advancing the science and trying to make Ilri the go-to place for livestock development in the world. And I think we are largely seen to be a leader in animal agriculture research for development. That's what people tell us. That's what the indications are by the number of invitations our scientists get to make keynotes, myself, how often, and so on. I think those are some qualitative indicators of how people view us as a scientific leader. In most international development, or in most international organizations, period, there is a differentiation between the international staff and the national staff. And the national staff don't always feel belong to the organization because it's almost by nature two classes. And one of the things I worked hard is to bridge this divide to make all the staff feel belonged. And staff tell me that that has been achieved. So I'm I'm trying to respond to your question in relation to what people have told me in the speeches and so on. I have no quantifiable measurements of all these things, but those are the things I'd said I'd, I'd remember most. 
But as well as achievements, Jimmy also has some regrets. Well, that instead of a hundred million, we couldn't make it two hundred million in that time. That uh, we had COVID, which took away so much of our time. Uh, two years was lost. Um, well, not lost, but we didn't weren't able to do all the things we had hoped to do. Uh, although people say that our research have been impactful. Uh, could we have been more impactful? I reflect on the choices we make and, you know, when you come in, you're looking forward. When you're leaving, you look back, you reflect a little bit. And I wonder if we made all the right choices to be more impactful. Because I really believe that those who invoke the name of the poor for what they do are not doing just a job, but are really on a mission. And our work is to end poverty and hunger. And have we done the best we could at the time and resources we have? Are all reflections, not regret. I wonder if we've done the best. Jimmy is known as a champion for sustainable livestock across the world, bringing science-based nuance and clarity to today's sometimes polarized livestock debates. Regarding the criticism that the livestock sector receives, he had this to say. I don't think that question, that issue will ever go away. There are those who feel that livestock is not good for the planet because of the environmental concerns. And there are others who feel livestock products are not good for your health. I don't think that either of that is a truism. It's a nuanced answer to those questions. So, yes, livestock can degrade the environment if not managed well. They, as a function of the physiology, ruminant livestock, cattle, sheep, goat, emit methane. But we can do something, and we have been doing something, about all those making livestock systems more environmentally sustainable. So the answer is not getting rid of the livestock because over 1 billion people depend on livestock for their livelihoods directly or indirectly. So we get rid of the livestock and what happens to those people? That's the, the question. So it's not a, it's a sensational view that the answer to this is to get rid of the livestock. That's not the answer. The answer is to make animal agriculture systems more environmentally sustainable and that we can do and are doing. On the consumption side, we should not allow those who eat too much to dictate the terms of those who eat too little. And they're both. In North America, over 100 kilograms. The average in Africa is 10 kilograms of meat per year. Most nutritionists would say that you need to eat much more. So I, my usual response to that question is that there's no equivalence between those who make poor choices for food and those who have no choice of food. With a growing world population, it's said that we'll need to produce 60% more food by 2050. Is Jimmy optimistic that we'll get there? Yeah, that's true. The numbers have plateaued somewhat and in some cases regressed. There are 
poverty is on the rise and hunger is on the rise and, and so on. But I go back to Malthus to find, you know, the Malthusian theory way back in the days of Malthus who advocated the Malthusian theory which said that population grows geometrically, agriculture production grows arithmetically, and because of that different growth phenomenon, they bound to be farming because arithmetic growth cannot catch up with geometric growth, so they're bound to be hunger and poverty. What Malthus did not foresee is the role of science of bending that arithmetic growth curve of food production towards the geometric one. And so I believe that science, with the right intention, attention, and investments, that science will do it again. Science has done it historically. Yes, there have been pockets of serious famines, but by and large, the global catastrophe that Malthus and the Malthusian theory anticipated did not come about. And that's because of science, more productive agriculture, more productive land, more productive labor, and so on. And I believe that can be done and must be done again. Um, how soon is a function of the volume of investments and attention that it gets. In the future, the separate CGIAR centres will be united under one CGIAR. How does Jimmy feel about this change? I believe my record on the one CG is very strong. And if you look at it very carefully, you would have seen that I have been a one CG person before one CG became fashionable. So what I've done before I was DG, working in bilateral organization, the Government of Canada or in the World Bank, was always to support the CG and find more resources for it and so on. Since I've been DG, I have forged stronger partners with internally, there's other centers and externally. So I, I stand by my record of one CG. My difference with how one CG was being pursued was the perception that we were going to get, and perhaps even the intention at the beginning, that we were going to make one CG, one global cooperation, and we were going to get rid of the centers. I think that I have dis disagreed with and continue to disagree with. I believe that the centers are the building blocks that one CG must be built on, and not only is that a truism for the science of what we do and the partnerships that we must pursue. But I'm against taking away the authority from the centers in the global south and accumulating this power somewhere in the global north. The way things are done now, it's the reverse. Those who are centralized want to decentralize. So I think we were swimming a little bit against the tide. But in recent times, I think we have come to the agreement that the centers are the building blocks and we will build on those. So I hope that's what the one future one CG configuration will be. And if asked, what advice would he offer to the new director general of Ilri? Well, there, if we sat down for a conversation, 
um, I don't know about advice, but things I'll talk around with that person. Um, the first would be the current strategy for Ilri is coming to an end and we need a refresh strategy. I believe that that strategy should help him or her in the development of it, uh, tackle the most important issues, which I think many of what we're doing now are. I will place a little more focus on dealing with this issue of livestock and the environment, given Ilri's endowments, the Mazangira Center or this environmental center, and the Kapiti Research Conservancy, which gives Ilri a huge advantage in the science that we So sharpening the science in the context of the new imperatives, the urgency of climate change and so on. Um, the second is rely on the staff. Most organizations have buildings, computers, and so on. And they have staff too, but the differentiator for any organization, in my view, is the staff. So create alignment for the vision, motivate the staff, empower them. And the third thing I would talk around with a new DG, if I had the opportunity, is the partnerships. A hundred million is not a lot of money to do all the things we need to do in the livestock space around the world. So our funds are like catalytic funds. They are enabling funds. So we need to build partnerships that will allow us to leverage others' capabilities, other finances, and so have a much greater effect Ilri funds as a multiplier, not the absolute investment. Under Jimmy's leadership, Ilri has more than doubled in size and launched major new initiatives demonstrating how livestock contributes to key sustainable development issues. These include health, nutrition, gender and the environment. So what will he miss the most from his time at Ilri? Hmm. Um... You know, being DG could be a lonely job because if you, the organization is running well, then decisions are made at the lowest level where they can be made. So the decisions that come to you, no one else want to make or can make. So sometimes it's lonely, but most of the time it's exhilarating. Whether you're walking around the campuses in Nairobi and in Addis, or visiting our partners in China or India or Vietnam or um, Uganda, Tanzania, wherever we are. It's, it's been an exhilarating job to engage with our own staff, but with our own partners. So um, every day there's an adrenaline rush and probably I'm going to miss that. Yeah.